When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode is sponsored by Greenwood Bank. You won't ask cash, you can catch it right here in the vault. All right, so welcome to another awesome episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash, the greatest money mindset show on the planet. Hey, yo, listen, yo, this show is a special, special show. We have the one, the only, the financial motivator, Ash Cash. Yo, you're not even doing the intro right. Like, what kind of intro is that? How you the greatest money mindset show on the planet, and you can't even get an intro right, man? I don't even know what it. I don't even know what to call. Ash Cash, Ash Exits is in the building with us for a special edition of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash. Yo, what's, what's good, man? Like, yo, uh, but yo, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, what's your first question, man? Because I like, I don't even know what you out here doing. For those who don't know, man, who is Ash Cash? Um, so Ash Cash is, uh, you know, I run a company called Mind Right Money Management, uh, which is a company that helps you change your mindset in order to manage your money right. And I also help five and six figure entrepreneurs write books and create 15 streams of income from their books. No, 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 I, I, I don't want the, the cookie cutter, you know what I mean, 30 second, you know, elevator pitch kind of kind of intro. Like who, like, who are you, bro? Like, who is Ash Cash? All right, copy that, copy that. So, well, you know, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a guy who grew up uh, in the St. Nicholas Projects in Harlem, New York. Um, you know, typical urban story, single family home, single parent home, youngest of uh, three. Um, grew up, you know what I'm saying? Just any, any typical way, right? So been a hustler all my life, uh, packing bags at eight years old, selling mixtapes and t-shirts on 125th street, uh, when I was 12 years old as a, as a street vendor. Um, but you know, I got, got in some, a lot of trouble. So kicked out of school, uh, you know, four times, got kicked out in the first grade, uh, fifth grade, ninth grade, uh, and the 10th grade, I got expelled, had to do 10th grade all over again. Uh, but then, but then I had an opportunity uh, to work at a video store, uh, in, and and from there, uh, the rest is history. Working at Blockbuster Video, started my uh, career there. Opportunity came to uh, be a teller uh, at a bank, um, and then I took that opportunity. And so, at 19 years old, I started working as a teller, 
Uh, and the work, rest is history. I've done everything in banking from teller to personal banker to private banker, meaning I manage money uh, for, for wealthy in individuals uh, that have, you know, 250000 in investable assets up to $2 million. Um, you know, was a, was a CEO of a credit, actually one of the youngest CEOs of a federally chartered bank at 31 years old. Um, and then after that, retired from banking, uh, wrote some books. So, so I'm the author of uh, 10 books. Uh, four of them are best-selling, best-sellers. Um, and I just, you know, really uh, am out here to really just change the narrative because I feel like um, a lot of people believe that you got to, you know, uh, come from a certain background or go to school, whatever it is, uh, you have to follow sort of like a blueprint in order to be successful. Uh, but for me, my goal is to show people that no matter what your circumstances, where you come from, uh, what obstacles you had to face, the, the honest truth is you could do anything that you put your mind to. Um, and then once you put your mind to it and you put your action to it, ev everything is possible. And so uh, I'm regarded as one of the you know top financial educators uh, in the world, honestly, not just just the country, in the world. Um, and you know you know that that happens for me just being myself. Uh, but then understanding the money game and understanding that you know it, it it's it's really about mindset that gets you to that next level. Yeah, that's that smoke. That's what I'm talking about. No doubt, no doubt. But but what was that mindset shift, right? So you. Uh, got kicked out of school a bunch of times. Uh, you got a job, and you and you you led this successful career, right? But it had to be like a a mindset shift or a paradigm shift or something that kind of clicked to you that made you go in a different direction. Like what what was that? What was that thing that made you go in that different direction? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it it was it was really just um, uh, opening my eyes and seeing different, right? And so when you from the hood. Your hood is the world, right? Like nobody, like everything that happens, happens in your hood. Um, and once I got a job, it actually exposed me so much to um, different uh, personalities, different ethnicities, different people. And then I started to just see a commonality. I started to uh, have conversations with people who were successful. You know, I remember at the video store, they were like, you know, you know, uh, uh, record label executives and entrepreneurs and, you know, you know, movie stars that would come to the store to, you know, to, to rent their movies and having these conversations with different types of people. Uh, really made me realize that, yo, we are actually all the same. Um, and I think that's just, it, it started to open up my eyes. It started to have me realize that there's more to life. Um, and then and then I just took the chance, to be honest. It was like once, you know, Einstein has this saying that says, you know, once your mind is expanded, it'll really never go back to, the, to, to its original size. And so my mind and my exposure and my experience was uh, expanded. Um, and then I said, yo, let me, you know, I know the outcome, right? I know dead or in jail if I keep going the other direction. So I said, you know what? Let me try, let me try this other way. And as I, as I started trying that way, I, I was like, oh, okay. Now, now, to be honest, as I start like really, um, using the same tactics that I was learning, like that, that I was successful getting in trouble. Well, really not successful because I would get kicked out of school, but I, I knew how to do that. And so I said, yo, what if I just put that same energy in something else, something more productive? And so when I made that switch and I started to, you know, you know, see the success, I'm like, oh, this is it. And I just kept, kept, kept challenging myself. Yo, bro, how, yo, how much can you keep, how, how much can you push it? Can you keep pushing it? And I kept pushing it. And as I kept pushing it, I kept getting that, that le the level of success that, you know, I was, that I never thought I could have. And, and I just never looked back. And so, you know, 
You call yourself the greatest money mindset coach on the planet. Yo, how how like how can you make such a big claim? Um, I mean, so a, a, a couple of things is this: is that um, you know, I believe in the power of I am. Um, I believe in the power. Uh, you know, words have power, and that's why I always you know tell people to to you know to to give affirmations. Um, and the truth of the matter is that claiming to be something, once you claim to be something, you are that, um, which is very important, right? A lot of people. Uh, put the wrong terminology behind things, uh, thinking that they become what they want to become once they reach it. But in order to reach it, you have to believe that you're it, right? And so if the goal is to become the greatest money mindset coach on the planet, then the goal is to be the money, then I have to be it right now, right? And I'll give you a prime example, right? It's like, yo, you don't become a millionaire when you touch a million dollars, Right? You become a millionaire first in your mind. You start to believe it. You start to, 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 to embody what being a millionaire is. And as you embody that, then you start to attract the opportunities. You start attracting the people. You start to attract the things that are necessary for you to have that million dollars. Imagine, and we see this all the time. Imagine somebody who's able to attract the money, but they don't feel like a millionaire. They don't, they don't embody what a millionaire feels like. What's going to happen? They're going to go broke. We see it with lottery winners. We see it with athletes. We see it with people who, who come up with a whole bunch of money at one time. It's because they never embodied what it takes to actually be that. And so for me, I am the greatest money mindset coach on the planet. Right. And then now. So once I make that claim, now it's about, you know, what books I need to read. How you know, how do I conduct my interviews? You know, what kind of clients am I going to get? Right. I embody being the greatest money mindset coach on the planet. And as I embody it, so shall I be. And so most financial experts, the majority of them. Right. Like they focus on practical, like how to step by step. But you have a different approach. Your approach is mindset first. Why is that? Yo, to be honest, I feel like, I feel like, and there's no not to any, um, you know, financial experts out there or people who are out here teaching, uh, but I feel like if you are teaching wealth principles to somebody who has a poverty consciousness, it doesn't even matter, right? So like I just said two seconds ago, right? You give a, a somebody who got a poverty consciousness, you give them a million dollars, that's not going to change their situation because they still have the same mindset that allowed them to be broke. And so for me, I just know, and, 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 and it's just from being in the game for so long. You know, I was a banking executive for 15 years, right? So being in the, in the bank, my, my wealthiest client was worth $22 million. He wasn't worth $22 million because he was lucky, because he knew the right strategies. It, I mean, that played a part in it, but his mindset is what it started with. And so uh, as I as I work with people uh, and work pe with people in the past, I realized like, yo, it's, it's really about mindset. It's really that if I could teach you how to change your mind, to change how you look at money, to, sh to change how you look at success, to change how you look at wealth, Period. If I could change that, then with the with the way you think, your actions are gonna follow that. And then once your actions follow that, then the money's gonna come, right? So I'm a big fan of you know uh, Reverend Ike, right? So if you never heard of Reverend Ike, you need to do your little Googles, right? But Reverend Ike was like a prosperity teacher, and Ike ha says the six ways, right? The six ways to wealth is good health, right? Love, happiness, success 
prosperity and then money. Right. Money is the last thing, because if you focus on health, right, you focus on having good health, which is mental health, physical health, spiritual health. If you focus on your happiness, if you focus on love, right, then you will become successful. And that success gives you that prosperity and that prosperity brings you money. And so a lot of pe- a lot of people are, you know, focused on, yo, how do you you know, start a 401k and investing and, you know, all, you know, real estate, all these different things. But these principles will not blossom. They will not materialize if you do not have a wealth consciousness that's able to accept it. You give somebody right now, right? Flash out to my brother, Neil. Neil says that poor means passing over opportunity repeatedly, right? What does that mean? That means that even if you give somebody all the information that they need, you like, yo, this is the play to play to play. They're going to be like, yo, it's a scam. Yo, it's not going to work. And they're not even going to put their full energy into it because they have a poverty consciousness. And so it has to start with mindset. You have to change your mind, right? Because like Wayne Dyer said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Ah, okay, copy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but ex- explain that. Explain poverty mindset. Yeah, so, so poverty consciousness is just like um, somebody who just is uh, always thinking that the world is against them. They don't believe that abundance is their birthright. They believe they got to work hard. Uh, it, it, is, it is a consciousness um, that has accepted poverty. It is a consciousness that has accepted that that's just the way it is and there's nothing that they can do about their situation. That they they got to, like, yo, I got to be lucky. Oh, I got to be in the right place at the right time. Like, all of these different things, not understanding that it is uh, the, the mindset, like, we are co-creators and we create our circumstance. And so anything that we desire in life, all we have to do is, you know, start putting the energy towards that thing and believe that it is done. Not that it will be done, believe that it is done. And so poverty consciousness is really somebody who is, you know, who, who's always pessimistic, who's always, you know, looking, looking at what could go wrong, who's um, not willing to accept that life is just simply what you make it. Um, and I think that those, and, and, and the truth of the matter, a lot, a lot of it starts from home. A lot of it starts from experience. A lot of it starts because, um, you know, you know, I mean, like for me, when I grew up, you know, I grew up in the hood, so I never had a two parent home. I don't know what a good relationship looked like. I don't know what wealth looked like. Like all, all the people that I was around was hustlers and dope dealers. And so, you know, how am I going to think about, you know, abundance when, you know, I mean, my neighborhood is saying, yo, I gotta, I gotta sell crack. Or I gotta play ball, or I gotta be a rapper in order to build wealth. And so I too, at one point, had a poverty mindset. But then, as I started again getting exposed and started to go around different people and realize that nah, it's it's me. Like I take full responsibility for my life, regardless of who fall. Oh, my daddy not home. My daddy weren't there. Oh, the hood was you know who dropped off crack in the day. Right? I could have been. I could have said all of that. But the moment that I took full responsibility for my life and realized that, yo, that I need to, you know, you know, you know, go in the right direction as it relates to where I want to go, you know, what I, what I desire in my life, that wealth consciousness is what allowed me to build wealth and never have to worry. Like, I'm, I'll be honest, you know what I mean? Life flex, but I don't worry about money, right? Because I'm a creator. And so if, you know, if God saw fit to take everything that I own and everything that I've done, I promise you I'll be up the next day. Right. Because I, I create 
And so as long as I got breath in my body, all I'm gonna do is create, right? I, I have I have the opportunity, I have the ability, and that is what wealth consciousness is. Wealth consciousness isn't about, oh, now I got this money in my bank account, I feel secure. Nah, it's the breath. It's the breath in my body that makes me secure. It's the ability that I know that as long as I can put it in my mind, I can I can make it I can make it happen. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, right? You went, you, you look, you went from getting kicked out of school, job, now you you reading. Think it grow rich, like 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 the vibe that I'm getting is like, yo, think it grow rich as a man thinking. Oh, but like like where who gave like who was your mentor? Who got like who put the first book in your hand? Like who like what what was what was that 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 introduction to this new paradigm to this new way of thinking? Yeah, that's a dope question. Like, yo, I'll be honest. I think it's I think it's it's simpler um, than we make it seem, right? Because Number one, um, and I say this in not glorifying the street life at all, um, but I grew up in an era where I, you know, I saw my first dead body when I was 12 years old, right? Like I, like I know what a, like a dead body looked like. Uh, there was crack on the, the crack vials, uh, shootouts. Uh, I've seen the streets on a high level, right? And so... With that mindset, just know that, that I could accept, yo, you're going to be dead or in jail by the time you're 21. Or if I'm exposed to something different, uh, I start to expand my mind and say, yo, is there a different way? And then as, and, and again, I, like, I can't uh, tell you a, a different way, right? Once, life is about energetic alignment, right? And what does that mean? That means that once you are prepared to receive a message, that message is going to come. And so, yeah, the moment I started to think differently, um, coincidentally, I started to be exposed uh, to things. And so I think the first book that I was exposed to uh, was was back, I want to say, uh, back in like 2002 or 2003, uh, my, you know, my, 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 my sister's uh, husband, but was boyfriend at the time, was cleaning up his house and he found the Napoleon Hill law, uh, the laws of success. So I started to read that, and my my mind opened up a little bit. Uh, 2006, you know, fast out to my brother Taki, one of my high school friends, introduced me to the secret, and I and my mind started opening up a little bit, right? So now, okay, bet I'm you know I'm, I'm reading a secret, and now I'm I'm seeing these principles. And then I'm like, oh, I remember I read this in As a Man Thinketh or, you know what I'm saying, or, or you know, uh, all of the different books that were out there. And so for, for me, it was more so um, being exposed to it at a, at a small scale. But the truth of the matter was regardless, right, there's people right now who's listening to me who read all of the books and still don't got the proper mindset because it's really about application. And that's why I said it's, 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 it's simpler than we than we than we make it we make it seem, because the simple thing is just try it. That's all. Just try it. Meaning, right? The, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the most practical book that I've read that will help change your money mindset uh, and your finances forget forever. Right? It's gonna help change your money mindset and your finances forever. It is called the Science of Getting Rich. Right? The science of getting rich don't even talk about all the law of attraction and all that other stuff. It's really like a short book that's really practical that tells you exactly how to get money, right? 
The great thing about it, though, is that we try to overcomplicate things, right? And so what we try to do is, because I grew up in the hood, I need to get rid of all of this bad mindset. I need to get rid of this. I get, need to get rid of this. And then I'm going to build on top of what I already have, right? Instead, I just need you to start today. I just need you today to start to say, you know what? I'm going to do things differently. So I'll give you a prime example. If you are in a building and the building has a terrible foundation, it burnt down the roof, all of that. The foundation is horrible. You have two options. You could say, yo, I'm going to tear this building down, right? Then I got to hire some movers to take the building apart and take the rubbish, and then I'm going to build on this soil. Or I'm going to just say, you know what? Y'all could keep that whole building. Let me go and find a place that got fresh dirt, and let me start from scratch. What we keep doing is we holding on to the past. We keep saying, yo, I messed up back then. I did this wrong. I did. And we're trying to fix what we think is broken instead of just starting today. And so uh, for me, you know, my mindset was really just making the decision, right? I just made the decision. I said, yo, I already know where this thing is going to end up. I know what this is going to be. And so I said, let me just test it. Right, I'm hearing all this law of attraction, whatever you focus on, if you focus on whatever, all that's going to, I bet. You know what? Let me try. And the moment that I started to uh, just, you know, not even looking in the past, just saying, yo, where am I right now? Right? Like, I'll give you another example. Here's a better example. GPS system. Right? You put a destination in the car and you start driving towards that destination. And let's say you make the wrong turn somewhere. GPS system is never going to tell you, yo, go back to where you started to figure out how to get to the destination. The GPS system is going to do what? It's going to reroute you from where you are at that present moment. And what we keep doing is we keep going to the past. We keep thinking about our neighbors, our brother, our sister, our neighborhood, why this ain't work out. But from today, you know what you want. You know what you desire in life. So let's just start from right now. And let's implement the destination that we want to be. Let's not fix nothing. Don't even fix nothing. Burn that building. Leave that building alone. And start from where you are. And when you start from where you are, because that's all we got. The past, you, you can't do nothing with the past. The, the future is even running from you. Nobody, there's nobody who's ever lived in the future. Any, there's nobody. Because even when tomorrow comes, it's going to be today. So the only thing you have is here and now. And so why focus Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details on anything in the past and why even look at the future, right? Focus on the here and now, today. What can I do today to make my situation better? And as I do that every single day, I'm gonna get to that next level. So to answer the question, it wasn't really one thing, it was a series of things, but it started with the decision though, right? It started with making a decision. Like, yo, you know what? I'm going to decide that I'm gonna control my life. I'm going to decide to do things differently. And once I made that decision, 
energetic alignment. Now I'm energetically aligned, right? And, and I don't believe in coincidence. As you start to think about certain things, it starts to pop up. Like, it's no coincidence y'all hearing this conversation right now because you are energetically aligned at this very moment to hear this, and now you're going to say, you know what? Uh, you know what? He's right. I'm going to decide to do X, Y, Z today. Not everybody's listening to this right now, but the people who are are in energetic alignment with this message, and their life is going to change forever. So wait, 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 wait. So you're saying, right? So I want y'all to listen. So what's being said is that you have to be in energetic alignment with the thing that you are desiring, with the energy that you are desiring in order to move to that next level. So it's really not about uh, having a guide. It's about opening up your mind and being ready to receive it. And I think, I think it's Sun Tzu that said... Uh, when the when the student is ready, the master will appear, and so so you got to be in energetic alignment with the thing that you desire in order for that thing to start to pop up. Oh, you talking spicy? That's 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 heavy talk, there. I, I see what you're doing, my G. I see what you're doing. I know, I know, I know. I'm out here dropping bars, dropping gold bars, but you're doing too much. The the analogy is simple, right? It's simple. Is instead of trying to repair the old, build the new, right? Instead of trying to figure out how to fix it, what went wrong, how can I do it better, how can I not mess it up again in the, in the future, like you worried about the wrong things. I'm saying today, right, where are you right now and what is it going to take to get to the next level? So I'll give you a prime example. If you want to be a millionaire today, then what is it going to take to, for you to get a, be a millionaire? You can spend all the time you want thinking about, yo, I could have did this. I once had it. I, 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 I. You can spend all the time doing that. Or you can say, yo, how much money I got in my bank account today? Oh, I got $1,000? All right, so now I need 990000 you know, You know the math, right? Now I need whatever, 999900 or, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's the amount of money I need. And so now, devise a plan to get the 990000 99000 right? Instead of having to think about that. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm saying a lot of us are spending so much time trying to redo or trying to fix or trying to... Nah, I'm just saying, yo, today is fresh soil, right? Today is fresh soil. It's fresh. Your, your, your mistakes don't matter, Right? You've been given another opportunity to do it better, and all you got to do is take advantage of that opportunity and start fresh. And as you start fresh, then you'll, then, then, then you'll know which way to go. Whoa, 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 it's hot. Whoa, whoa, it's hot, it's hot, it's hot. I mean, my man's sweating. He looking wet. Yo, can somebody give my man some tissue, B? He looking crazy out here. He looking out here crazy. He dropping bars. Yo, we need some tissue for my guy. Hey, yo, hey, yo I, didn't re I didn't realize, man, I was going to drop some heat. You got the T-shirt on. I should have came in here with a T-shirt. See what I'm saying? Like, you ain't even tell me how to dress and all that. <laughs> all right. All right, my bad, guy. Yo, honestly, you're so crazy because I feel like um, we all been sold this lie, this myth that if you work hard for money, then all your, everything is going to be taken care of. We, we even hear like, yo, I'm going to get a second job. I'm going to get a third job. Yo, I'm on my grind and all that. Uh, I think the biggest mistake is that when people are thinking about uh, getting their money right, the first thing they think about is how can I get more money uh, instead of thinking about how can I give more value, right? 
Wealthy people never worry about money because they know their value and they know what value they bring to the table, which is why I told you earlier, like I honestly, I do not worry about money at all because I understand my value. Um, and so if, 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 if something happened and took everything away, I'm still valuable, right? And money actually chases after value. Like, like, like money wants value. Money don't want somebody who's begging. Think about this, right? I mean, you probably don't know because you don't look like you got girls, but growing up, right? Yo, you chase the, you chase after the girls. They not going, they, like they running from you. Who the girls go after? They go after the dude that is not paying no attention to them. You know why? Cause she like, yo, nah, like why, yo, why he not, why he not paying attention to me? And so if you that dude that's running after the chicks, like, yo, uh, uh, yeah, you not going to get it. Right. And so if you the person that's like, yo, I want to get some money. I want money, 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 money. And you chase it after money. Money's going to run from you. What you need to do is make yourself valuable. Because if you make yourself valuable, people will be running to you to pay you for what? For that value. And so I think the biggest thing is that people are always focusing on that end result, not realizing that the end result is a byproduct of something else, right? If you are giving value, then people are willing to exchange their money for that value. Um, and then, and I think, I think that, I think, the, I think if everybody just did that, if everybody just asked themselves every day when they woke up, Yo, what value am I giving to this world? How, how, who am I serving, to be honest, right? Who am I serving? How can I serve them better? And then once you make that distinction, then, you know, you, you create a business model to get your, your, your value or your service out there, right? So I'm not just saying be valuable and they're going to come to you, right? Yeah, you're going to have to, you know, come up with a marketing plan. You're going to have to, you know, put yourself out there so people know your value. But once you have created that value, now put it out there, whether it's putting your value out there to a job at a nine to five, whether it's, you know, putting your value out there as an entrepreneur, regardless of, of how you decide to get money to be attracted to you, you have to be valuable, put that value you out there and the, and, and the money's going to come. And so, yo, how, how do we break generational curses? Yeah, you know, I, I don't even really like that terminology, man. Like, I feel like, you know, when, when somebody says like generational curse, it's like, it's like disrespecting your ancestors and disrespecting, you know, all that everybody who's come before you have done, right? Because to be honest, um, our story really didn't start at slavery. Right. And so why not say, yo, how we get back to Mansa Musa being four, you know, four, four hundred, you know, million dollars, which is worth billions of dollars. Like, 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 why are we focused so much on the negative? Right. Which is which is for me another, you know, you know, uh, version of poor wealth consciousness, because I don't see it as generational curses. Right. What I see is, you know, kings and queens, people who had a certain level of wealth, a cer certain level of riches, who got exploited, who got colonized, who got taken advantage of. And now all of those negative things have now shown us what we need to do, what we shouldn't do and how to move forward. And so while you might call it a generational curse, I call it contrast. Right. As the Honorable Curtis Jackson 50 Cent was said, joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain, right? And so a lot of times we have to stop being so disrespectful to what has happened in the past and all the things that we quote unquote call negative uh, because I believe that the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, every excluding nothing, 
all of it works for our greater good. And so, you know, right now, right, we stand on the backs of our ancestors, right? All the sacrifices they made, all of the, the things that they went through for us to be sitting here right now to have it. Yo, yo, bro. We interview multi-millionaires on a regular basis who look like us, right? Who had all the adversity against them and now they at a space where they're, where they're building generational wealth for their family and they'll never, ever, ever go get to a situation where wealth is taken away from them because now they learned the game. Now, because of what you call a generational curse, they know what not to do. They know how to protect themselves. They know how to, right, that all of these, these, these things that would not have happened if these quote-unquote generational curses didn't happen. So let's stop disrespecting our ancestors, our past, and just know that contrast is good. That, like, if you, if you know what you don't want, then getting to what you do want is easy, bro. And so I, I don't even think it's a matter. I mean, I, it, it all goes back to just where are you putting your focus on, right? If you're putting your focus on your generational curses, your this, like if you're doing that, then you're not really focused on wealth. You're not focused on abundance. Like abundance is your birthright. And that's all I need you to focus on because as you focus on that, that will become your reality. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I, I, so I get that. I get that. All right, so, I mean, you, you giving us, this high level stuff. What's your blueprint, right? You, you like I, all that sounds good, but what is the blueprint that Ash Cash is using? What is the Ash Cash blueprint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, blueprint is simple, right? Um, is that change your relationship with money? Instead of working hard for money, money needs to work hard for you. And so for me, as somebody who didn't grow up with money, yes, I had to, I had to work hard for money. I had to get up every single day, right, and put value out to the world and get uh, money in exchange for that value. Where a lot of people go wrong though, is that as they make money, they use money to buy things. And then as they're using money to buy things, now guess what they gotta do? They now have to go back and work hard for money to now continue to buy things or support the things that they already bought, right? But what if, what if you change the relationship? What if you say, you know what? I'm gonna work hard for money right, which is active income, I'm gonna, I'm gonna create active income, but then I'm going to convert that active income into passive income. And what is passive income? Passive income is, you know, buying an asset and allowing that asset to pay you over and over and over again. I'll give you an example. Most people buy their first homes to live in, right? And so you work hard, you got a nine to five, you got a corporate job, you got all this stuff, you get this, this home, you buy the first home, you live in it, now you have a mortgage, right? And now every single month, you have to work hard to bring income in to pay this mortgage to where you live. What if I told you, right, instead of buying your first home to live in, buy a multifamily house, right? You work hard, you got your corporate job or whatever the case may be. Now when you take out that mortgage, buy a three-family home, right? What's going to happen when you do that? Now, because you have this job and you can support this three-family three home, you now rent out two of the apartments out to another family, and you live on the, on the bottom. That, that rent that you're collecting from the two tenants now pays your mortgage, and so, so now you live rent-free. And so now, you continue to work hard, continue to work hard, you could, now that money that you would have been spending for rent, you could actually invest in something else. You could put it in the market. You could buy another property. You could start a business with it. 
There's so many things that you could do because what, what did you do? You created an income producing asset. And so, you know, my blueprint is, is simple, right? The blueprint just simply says, yo, I am going to work hard, make as much money as I can by exchanging value for money. I'm not a big proponent on exchanging time for money, but some people do it, right? Whatever you got to do, whether you're exchanging value for money, time for money, do what you need to do to get that money, take that money, buy an income-producing asset, and now that income that you're getting from that asset, you rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And if you keep doing that, if you keep buying income-producing assets, eventually you'll have a passive income, right? So I'm at a space fortunate enough where if I decided that I did not want to work, right? And, and, and I've built, I built wealth through books. Uh, I've written 10 books. Um, I make at least four, four to five figures every single month off of my books. So if I decided to just kick my feet up and do nothing, something that I did 12 years ago, my first book came out 2009. Something I did 12 years ago is still paying me to this day. <laughs> Dante Wilder voice. To this day, it's still paying me. You know what I'm saying? And so at the end of the day, it's, it's about, you know, how do you create these 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 assets and a lot of assets to pay you. All right, all right, preach, 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 baby. Oh, 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 can you say that again? Like, can you look in the camera and tell one more time ex exactly what you just said? Can you say that one more time? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. All right, so bet, look. Income producing assets. Work hard, make money, take that money, buy a income producing asset, let the asset give you more money, and then rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Take that money, buy an income producing asset, take that asset, make more money, and just keep doing the same thing. You keep doing that, that is the true, the, the definition of financial freedom. That's true wealth. All right, guys, guys, say, say, say it with me, say it with me, say it with me. Rinse and repeat. Income producing assets. Work hard for money, make the money, take the money, and buy an income-producing asset. Take the money that you make from the income-producing asset and now buy another income-producing asset. Look, I need y'all to say it with me. All right, so rinse and repeat. So you're going to work hard for money, take that money, buy an income-producing asset, take that money that you are made with the income-producing asset and buy another what? Income-producing asset. And then the money that you get from that, guess what you're gonna do? Buy another income-producing asset. Rinse and repeat. All right, all right, come on, say it with me, y'all. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. And then also, financial freedom. That is true financial freedom. So, rinse and repeat, financial freedom. Rinse and repeat, financial freedom. Hey, rinse and repeat, financial freedom. I watch my G4. All right, and so and so uh, you got a new book. You wrote a book that's called "From the Block to the Bank." Um, why was it important to write that book, and and why right now? Like why 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 is it important now that you wrote that book? Yeah, I think um, I mean I think I think I think finally uh, I'm at a space to be comfortable to say this, um, but like growing up in the hood, man, I think uh, a lot of people glorify illegal stuff. To be honest, you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, you know, when, when, when people talk about like y'all legends, be like, y'all legends. Um, we only talk about like the kingpins, uh, the ones who sold drugs, the one who caught a lot of bodies. Um, and the truth of the matter is that there's a bunch of legends running around in the neighborhood, um, who were outside though, right? Like they were outside. They weren't in the house. They, 
they lived the same type of lifestyle or they were exposed to the same type of lifestyle, uh, but they made a decision to go a different route um, and they've created a level of success that um, other people from the hood uh, should be aspiring to. Um, and as I started to watch all of the negativity uh, that that's happening still in our neighborhood, uh, all of the role models that people are looking to because uh, there aren't enough people who are from the hood uh, who, who, have, who have had some extraordinary successes uh, that are sharing their stories. Um, and, and, and so I used to get upset at that. I used to be upset. I'd be like, yo, why, why would we celebrate? And no disrespect, yo, fast shout out to all my comrades behind the wall. But we, we celebrate somebody coming home more than we celebrate somebody starting a business or somebody, you know what I'm saying, like that decided to go to school or somebody who has been doing some phenomenal things. Um, and so I just said, you know what, instead of uh, complaining and being part of the problem, uh, let me just be the solution because, you know, I'm somebody who has, uh, you know, a typical hood story. Um, but to be a VP at a, at a bank at, you know, I was 24 years old when I was a VP at a bank. Uh, I was 25 when I bought my first home. I was 31 as a, you know, as, as you know, as a CEO of a credit union. Uh, when I was a bestselling author back 10 years ago, you know, like, like they, the only two financial experts out there was Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey. And so to be at this level and done this great thing, yo, I'm from 129th Street and 8th Avenue. You from where? Well, I'm from St. Nicholas Project. Fam, we ain't never see you out there. I'm from St. Nicholas. Yo, you know what's funny though? Because I think, I think a lot of people, when they see me, they hear about my success, they might think that I'm from Parsippany, New, Jer New Jersey. No disrespect to Parsippany. It just sounds like a nice place. But I am from 129th Street. Right, I am from the projects, roaches and rats, hustlers out back, selling their mamas. All right, my fault. Chill, come on, you doing too much, bro. Chill. But say, say, Nick projects, Huntway Night Street, Eighth Avenue, born and raised, Harlem. I, I heard you. All right, cool. And so for me, uh, writing the book uh, is to really kind of give hope um, to to those who might be in a current situation like I was in. You know, somebody who might have a single, you know, who, you know, live in a, in a, in a single parent home. You know, somebody who might have got kicked out of school a bunch of times. Somebody who, you know, almost sold drugs and played with guns and, you know, held a stash a couple of times. Don't tell nobody. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like some, of those, some of those people right now have that story and may not know what's possible for them. Um, and so I just want to be, you know, a light uh, and, and, and really, I think now is the time because, uh, you know, we, we're seeing our, our black and brown babies killed every day uh, because they are uh, part of a system or put in a system uh, that makes them a criminal, right? We always got to be on defense. But what if there was an opportunity to be on offense? And I, I believe my story, um, and this is just a beginning because um, I'm passionate about helping others get their story out there. And so my story from the block to the bank, uh, as well as other stories are going to really help uh, you know, help help with that. Help you know change that narrative uh, so that we understand that abundance is our birthright. And just because we're in a certain circumstance, it doesn't mean that that is our final destination. And so, and so you have you have a mission. It's, it's a it's a. I mean, I ain't gonna say it's weird, but you get a mission of helping or creating one thousand nine hundred and eighty authors. Like, where did that mission come from? Yeah, it's like, uh, man, writing books is just a, it's just a thing for me. I think, I think for me, I mean, the, the, the 1,980 authors is just significant to the, to my birth year. Um, and so I just turned 40, 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm an 80s, 90s baby. And so, uh, you know, I believe that it's my mission to help other people uh, get their story out. Um, but to be honest, I mean, I think I think for me, it, it kind of hits home because, um, you know, I lost my mom uh, in 2019. Uh, and when my mom passed away, um, I really didn't, you know, I mean, in, in the black community, we don't really... Um, talk about ourselves or we don't have these conversations with our kids and like everything is all secret. Um, and so I, I really didn't know nothing about my mom, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, luckily I had to reach out to one of my cousins who reached out to her aunt uh, and, and then we were able to, because I was tasked to writing the obituary and I was just like, man, it's so crazy how, you know, somebody I was with every single day of my life um, who lived a rich life, but I didn't know anything about their past or where they came from. Um, and so I think number one, you know, we got to be more intentional about, you know, sharing our stories. Um, and then number two, uh, I feel like if you, again, if you know history, you know, uh, that, you know, knowledge itself is what allows people, uh, to be their great self. Right. And that in our particular case, um, you know, our families were, uh, ripped apart purposely. Uh, our stories were like we couldn't learn to read and write because uh, they knew that the power was in dividing us. The power wasn't about you know spreading wealth. So a lot of times when people think about you know you know you know passing down wealth, what they're talking about is money, right? But knowledge is wealth. Your experience is wealth. And so now you, you've created this great life for yourself, right? You've created this great life for yourself. You're super duper successful. You now have some monetary wealth, but how do you cement your legacy? How do you create a legacy? How do you allow that wealth to now be transferred for generations to generations? Uh, Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich in 1929. He's been dead for a very long time, but still that book is a number one bestseller. Right. And so Napoleon Hill is still alive. He didn't even die because he has this story. And so for me, um, you know, I think that it's important uh, that we share our stories. Uh, we share our experiences. We share our wealth with not just our family, but, you know, for, for, for all different families. Um, and so that's why I'm passionate about books. Um, but for me also, man, just being able to, you know, once I once I retired from banking, um, you know, it was it's books that has allowed me to create multiple streams of income. Um, and so as you are able, like you can literally create 15 streams of income from books. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's just really uh, I'm passionate about showing people, you know, how, how to do that, how to create multiple streams of income by anchoring your book. All right, all right, so wait, so um, out of all the things that you could have chosen to do or be, uh, you chose book writing. You could you could have played volleyball. You could you could have been a bodybuilder. Like you can see your, your your frame. You could have you could have you could have did did you could have been a belly dancer. Your big belly fit. No, but but why did you choose right? Why did you choose out of everything? Why did you choose book writing? Yeah. So I mean, honestly. Um, it was it was just understanding the game, right? And so I used to, you know, I used to uh, volunteer at this organization called Operation Hope, right? So I used to teach financial literacy, go to inner city schools. Uh, after that, then I started going to churches and jails. I, I used to go to Rikers Island, C seventy four. If you know, you know, um, and teach the the adolescents about you know money and things of that nature. Um, but once I started going to the community and teaching. I was like, yo, I want to, I want to be a, I want to be a speaker. I want to go around and be like Les Brown as a motivational speaker, and make a bunch of money just getting on stages. Um, 
but I didn't have the right story, right? It wasn't sexy. Like, oh, former banker. Like, all right, who who cares, right? Who cares you used to be a banker? Oh, former CEO. Is C like, nah, who cares? Um, and so I remember one time uh, I was speaking at a church. Uh, and some dude came to me, was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you can make money from this, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And he was like, yo, you need to write a book. I'm like, write a book? Yo, I'm not even, hey, yo, my grades in English were horrible. I'm like, yo, I, how could I even write a book? Like, my, it, like, right? And so I just, I was like, ah, right, you know what? Let me, let me write this book because what he said was, if I write the book, it's actually easier for me to get book speaking engagements as an author. And so I said, let me, let me, let me try this out. And so now, when I finally wrote my book, it no longer became, yo, former banker or former this or X this. It became, hey, yo, this is Ash Cash, author of Mind Right, Money Right, 10 Laws of Financial Freedom. Yo, think about think about this. Let me let me let, let, let me let me give you a quick quiz, right? When you hear authority, what's the key word in authority? Yeah, right? It's author. Author is the key word in authority. So when you are an author, you immediately become the authority in whatever you've written about. And so instead of me trying to be, oh, I'm a banker, I'm a, nah, I am the authority to talk about money. Because why? Because I wrote a book. I am the author of it. If you own a salon and you do hair and you just a, 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 a hairstylist, are people going to look at you as an authority? Or, but what if you had a manual? What if you had a how-to guide on how to, you know, become a successful hairstylist? Now, because you're an author, you're an authority of being a hairstylist. Now, other hairstylists are not going to look at you as just another hairstylist. They're going to look at you as somebody who is an authority, an authority in the hairstyling business. So that's why I wrote the book. Because after I wrote the book, I now became an authority. Now, you know, people are booking me for speaking engagements. Now people are booking me for all these different things because now I have set myself apart from all the other people that were so on, quote unquote, my, my competition in the space. So, yo, 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 you coming with all the smoke. I love that. I love that. All right. So listen. All right. So, so give, yo, we want to, yo, I want to forget like, the people want to know. Give us some, some of those streams of income. You said 15 streams of income from writing one book. 15 from what? Yo, if people want to know, give us, some, give, give us some examples. Give us some examples of those streams of income that you could create from one book. Man, so I mean, man, we, we can start, right? So number one stream of income is the actual book, right? So when you write a book, uh, if you do a great job, if you got the great title, if you got the great cover, uh, if you have a great message, a great target market, um, then your book is the first stream of income. Number two, um, not everybody reads, right? And so now when you convert your book into audio, right, that's another stream of income. I remember when I wrote a book, uh, you know, The Wake Up Call, Financial uh, Lessons Learned from 444, uh, I remember I was getting messages from Uber drivers and people who drive trucks like, yo, bro, I'm always on the road. I don't have time to read. And you know what I'm saying? I'm saying? And so, so audio book is, 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 is one. Um, speaking, right? So we just talked about, you know, how to get speaking engagements. So now you write your book, you become the authority. Uh, now you could get speaking engagements. And so uh, depending on how well you position yourself, Man, you could make, you know, you know, you could start at 1500, you can make 5000, you can make 7500, you can make 10,000, you can make 25,000. Like I know people making 50, 100,000 per speech, right? And so that is another stream of income. If what you are doing 
uh, is or, or what you're teaching is so uh, mind blowing, you could create your own community. Now you could create a course, you could create a program that people could either buy outright or they could pay monthly for, and that's another stream of income. Now you wanna, you know, you wanna charge more. You wanna create a small group. Now you create a mastermind, right? And now this mastermind is teaching the things that's around your book. That's another stream of income. Oh, you want, you, you know, people love your message and they wanna hire you as a brand ambassador because of your book. That's another stream of income. Well, you want more? I, that's it. I, yo, the, the rest I gotta pay for, man. Incomeforbooks.com. Go to incomeforbooks.com. You want the 15, the, the rest, you gotta pay for that, bro. I'm not, yeah, you bugging me. I'm not. I'm not I, I, I heard, I, 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 I copy that, copy those, that. What'd you say? What'd you say? What, what, incomeforbooks.com? All right, we heard you. All right, so, but, but, all right, but give us something though, right? For, for, for somebody who's looking to write their first book, like, what's, what's the first step? Give us, give us some steps on a first-time author trying to write a book. Oh, that's a good one. So, uh, first step really is, yo, make sure that somebody wants your book. <laughs> I know it sounds sound like logical. Like, I know, like, you're like, yo, make sure somebody wants your book. Um, there's too many authors out here that are trying to write a story that they want to tell opposed to uh, surveying their target audience, surveying what's out there, uh, and then coming up with uh, literature or coming up with a book that that people actually want to buy. Um, and so I say the first step uh, is really just trying to figure out, uh, is there actually a need for your book, right? Is there a market? Are people going to buy it? And I'm not talking about your friends and family only uh, because for, for the most part, they're going to support you regardless. Uh, I'm talking about... Uh, just having uh, people who don't know you, who are, you know, who are within other communities, go to Facebook groups, go to, you know, Instagram, go, you know, like just survey, just see what people are, are wanting um, and how does your message align with that? That would be the, 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 the first thing to do. Uh, number two, uh, I'm going to say that once you have that target market, uh, you have to be able to come up with the best title that you could possibly come up with because uh, I believe that titles are what sells books and it's not really what's inside the book, right? And so for instance, uh, I have a credit repair book uh, called What the FICO, 12 Steps to Repairing Your Credit. If I if, if I named it, you know, the credit game and, I didn't, and that was it, you know, people would guess like, damn, the credit game, is this about... You know, like, what is this about? But if I call it what the FICO, first of all, you know about FICO. So most people who are trying to fix their credit know about their FICO score. And then I say, yo, this is 12 steps to repairing your credit. Now you know that I'm going to give you 12 steps to repairing your credit. Or, you know, my Jay-Z book, you know, the wake-up call. Uh, you know, uh, financial lessons learned from 444 plus a step-by-step -step guide on how to implement each, each principle. You know when you pick that book up, I'm giving you a wake-up call. I'm going to teach you financial principles from 444, and I'm also going to give you a step-by-step -step guide on how to, how to implement each principle. And so, so I think the second step is really coming up with a, with a title uh, that's irresistible, a title that will you know, give you exactly what you're going to get out of the book. Um, and then here's the trick. Here's the thing that people don't do. You got to start with the end in mind. A lot of people go chronologically like, all right, this is my book and this is where I'm going to go with it. I say start with the end in mind. What do you want people to learn, right? What's the end result? When somebody reads your book, when they finish reading your book, what is the end result that you're going to get from reading that book, right? Start there. And now I want you to work backwards. What are the steps that it's going to take for them to get to that end result? 
Now, once you work backwards and you get to steps on how to get to that end result, now I want you to use those steps. That's your chapters, right? And so each chapter, I want you to write some bullet points, right? Chapter one, here are the bullet points. Chapter two, here are the bullet points. Chapter three, here are the bullet points. And you keep doing that. And here's the, here's the secret. Now, dictate your book. Never write a word ever again, right? And this is going to be the fastest way that you're actually going to get a book done because now that you have your title, now that you have your end result, now that, now that you know what people actually want out of your book and you're, and you're giving them the steps, now dictate it, right? There's an app called Otter, O-T-T-E-R. Otter is the best app that I've, that I've seen so far in the market uh, that really helps you, you know, turn your, your, your text into actual or, or your words into actual text. And so now as you you pretend like you're standing in front of a crowd of people um, and you're teaching your principles and as you're teaching those principles, you're speaking it into your phone, into Otter, you're speaking it, speaking it, speaking it. And then now it, 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 it allows it to become text. What you do next is you take that text, you dump it into a, a Google Doc, right? And as you dump it into a Google Doc, now that's when you start editing it. You start kind of finessing it a little bit. Um, and if you need to add things later, then you could do that. The reason why you want to do it that way uh, is because it's easier for us to get a thought out via word than it is for us to write it down, right? So like right now, if, 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 if your audience paused this video and I told them to write down, right, you know, you know what their business, like if they're business owners, if I told them to write down, what is your business about? It's probably going to take them within one to two minutes, right? But if I say, yo, tell me about your business, it's probably going to take somebody between 13 and 30 seconds. And so that's why it's easier, right? For you to think something and say it out your mouth, opposed to think something, let it, ooze down your arms and then you write it onto the pad. Um, and so, so I would say just follow those steps. If you follow those steps, um, you know, that's the, that's the first step. I mean, of course, um, you're going to have to, um, dictate it in a certain way, meaning that, uh, you can't just like babble. Um, you know, you have to have a value story framework. Um, I have a program that I teach this in and, and I, don't, I don't think we have enough time to go over it, but I have something called a value story framework, which teaches you how to actually tell a story that gives people value, right? So as you're outlining, as you're dictating, you want to dictate it in a way that gives that value. Um, and then after that is really about, uh, just trying to figure out the rest of it, right? So you have, um, you know, Amazon, you have, you know, Barnes and Nobles, you have all these different places that allow you to uh, self-publish your book, meaning you upload the book, it's print on demand, um, lulu.com, l-u-l-u.com, there's all these different ones. Uh, and so really is once it's done, uh, you hire a graph, you know, I mean, obviously you want to, if you, you know, you want to hire an editor to edit the book for you, uh, hire a graphic designer who's going to make your cover and, you know, create the interior for you. Um, and then once you get that done, it's, it's, the rest is easy. Now you just upload it to these, to these platforms. And once you upload it to the platform, all she wrote, you are a self-published author. Wait, wait, hold on. So you wrote a whole book. On Jay-Z's 444 album. You know, I, th I think the one thing that uh, inspired me about uh, writing that book specifically was the fact that he was given so much game uh, and people will only focus on that one aspect of the album, which was him cheating on Beyonce when he was giving you a, a million dollars worth of game before 99. So, I mean, but soon though, Jay, what's up, bro? Like, it's time, man. I need to be, I need to be at that brunch though, for real. All right, and so what advice... 
would you give to an entrepreneur about making decisions during tough times? Man, oh, that's, a, that's, that's a great question. I think, I mean, I mean, we, you, we seen it, right? You know, uh, the pandemic, uh, there's a lot of entrepreneurs uh, that were panicking, a lot of entrepreneurs that are trying to figure things out. Uh, I would say when tough times come, um, you know, you have to do an assessment of what value you're bringing to the table, uh, but you also have to be ready to pivot. Uh, you have to be ready to find out what are the current needs at that moment um, and move like lightning precision uh, to, to, to make that pivot. Uh, there were a lot of people, you know, during the pandemic uh, that were, you know, they were just sitting, they were just waiting, they were, you know, hoping uh, that things will change. They were hoping that that, that things will uh, be different. But the truth of the matter um, is that they needed to get to a space where they figure it out. Like, what's the play? What's the next play? How can I insert myself and be more valuable uh, into a space and then just kind of run with that immediately? Like, I'll give you a prime example, right? Because I don't like to just give, like, you know, oh, here, here's his woohoo advice. I'll tell you practically what I did, right? You know, as somebody who made most of my wealth through books and speaking engagements uh, and things of that nature, uh, when the pandemic hit, I literally, I had a contract uh, with one of the biggest companies in the world, right? And, um, you know, they had booked me to do some uh, consultant work for them uh, in Menlo Park, California. And literally, uh, right when the world got shut down, I had six engagements, six uh, consultant gigs with them that immediately got pulled away and I wasn't, I wasn't able to fulfill those. So immediately I had to pivot. I said, yo, how do I provide my value? And so, you know, I started a, a show, right? I have, you know, something called the Ash Cash Show uh, that I do every Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, tell a friend to tell a friend, right? Um, AshCashTV.com, shameless plug. But I started doing that during the pandemic. And what did that do? That became my free commercial. That became the way uh, for me to, you know, give value on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And when I did that, oh, man, when I tell you the opportunities that I've, I've been able, I, I'm still, right, to this day, I'm still getting opportunities uh, from a decision I made back you know, during the pandemic, because now I'm giving more of myself. I'm giving more value. You know, my I, I grew a, a grew a, you know a big community called the Abundance Community. Uh, we created an online platform uh, called Mind Right Money Academy. Um, you know, corporations now have seen that my my influence has has grown. Um, so now you know I have hundreds of thousands of followers, and you know, and 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 now you know organizations are wanting to be a part of that. Um, and so it was the pivot for me. You know. Um, um, and so I, I would tell any entrepreneur uh, that it's time to pivot is, is you know, take a look at that tough time. Um, tough times do doesn't mean that needs stop. It doesn't mean that people are all of a sudden not going to need your services if your services were valuable, you know, to begin with. Right. Because think about this. When the pandemic happened, who suffered the most? the businesses that were like leisure concerts and things of that nature but the people who you know gave real value they 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 kept flourishing and they still flourishing now and so you know i would say just you know you know uh pivot um and just find out what the people want and give it to them uh you know as fast as you can and so and so i, I know a lot of people came up during the pandemic and you 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 got you got a little bit of bars uh can we come up with a name for the people that came up during the pandemic 
Hey, hey, yo, I, I, yo, I got you, right? And so during the pandemic, there were people that sat behind and they took advantage of those PPP loans. But the people that, that look, we got a new PPP. These are the people who prosper from the pandemic. Ah, big bars. Bars. Big bars. All right, and so, um, you know, right now, you know, 40-year-old Ash Cash doing his thing. Um, but if you could, if you could go back, right, to the younger Ash Cash, what advice are you giving to your 18-year-old self? Whoa, that's a great one. Um, my 18-year-old self, um, I would honestly, I'm gonna tell you, I would tell my 18-year-old self um, to build more network. Uh, I was a paper chaser. I worked hard. Um, I went above and beyond. Um, but I don't believe that I, I, you know, I built enough relationships. Uh, as an 18 year old, I had access to people, uh, and I and I think that the the currency that is most the most important currency is actually relationships. Um, you know, I know they say that your 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 net your network is your net worth, um, and it might sound like an overused cliche, but it's actually a fact. Um, the more people who know you and who you know, but most important, the more people who know you or, or, or know who you are um, and you have a great relationship and you have, you know, a great reputation, uh, it, it'll really take you, you know, a, 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 you know, further in life. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, you could lose all the money in the world, but if you have the right relationships, you could, you know, those right relationships could put you in position. And so um, what advice would you have, right? There's somebody right now watching uh, that has a nine to five um, and is also wanting to start a business. So what advice would you give to the side hustler? Man, yo, yo I'm going to tell you, uh, for, as a side hustler, you know, anybody who um, has a nine to five currently who's looking to be an entrepreneur, number one, uh, I would say do not disrespect your job, right? Don't look at your job as, oh, this thing is holding me back. I could be doing more. Your job is actually your first investor. Your job is actually what's going to allow you the peace of mind to, to do your, your entrepreneurship venture the right way. Um, and so I would say uh, anybody who has a side hustle, uh, you know, make sure, uh, learn how to minimize your, your expenses, meaning that if you have a, a you know, an idea um, and you want to be able to, uh, you know, make that idea flourish as a full-time entrepreneur, start cutting back on, you know, the things that you're spending money on now just to see if you could even survive, right? Because as an entrepreneur, you eat what you kill. And so if you are relying on that money and you're relying on, you know, living a comfortable life, uh, then you probably not going to make it as an entrepreneur. So I would say, you know, really uh, respect your job, know that your job uh, is the first investor. And then once you have that first investor, you know, really know your numbers too. A lot of people want to be entrepreneurs, but they don't know what, what, you know, how much money they need to make. Uh, they don't know what is it, you know, what it's going to take to sustain their lifestyle. And so know your numbers, know, you know, sort of like your exit strategy. Um, and then once you have that, then you start making a decision. Um, sometimes you may not need that $100,000 job. Like I remember when I, when I quit my job, you know, as a banker, you know, I was making six figures, but when I had certain things in place, I didn't need a six figure job. All I needed was $50,000. So you know what I did? I quit that six figure job, got a job making 50,000. That was less responsibility still, you know, focused on what I need to focus on and the time that, that, that I had now that I bought back. Cause that's all I did. That hundred thousand dollar job. I had to be fully attentive. 
that fifty thousand dollar job, I could be half attentive, and so now that I bought some of my time back, I could focus on being an entrepreneur. And I knew that number that I needed, and once I reached that number as an entrepreneur, I was able to go and never look back. And so, as, as, and so, I, I I get what you're saying, but there there's some people right now who have you know prestigious titles that like, they might not want to just give up their prestigious title. So what, like, what do you say to those people who want to, who want to keep their good job, who want to keep their good titles? Like, what do you say to them? Yeah. In, in, in the word, in the words uh, of Pusha T, y'all want to be more famous than rich. Um, a lot of people are holding on to the highest statue job because they care what other people think about them. Right. And I ain't knocking nobody who wants to do that. But if you want to be more famous, if you want to have power and title and all that more than you want to be rich, more than you want uh, to, to control your own time, more than you want to create security for your family, you can't pass that job down. You can't pass down that job. You can't pass down that title. Your, your kids can't eat your prestige. They can eat off of the assets that you build. And so make a decision. I ain't knocking you, though. If, if you if you want to be such and such and such and you like that title, then be famous. Um, and so I would tell that person just just be clear uh, on the decision that they're making, right? Because uh, and, and why they're making that decision? Because a lot of people uh, want that prestige, they want that name, they want that title. Because again, they're not comfortable with themselves. Uh, the moment that I quit. Uh, my job as a banker, it didn't make me less of a person because I didn't have VP next to my name. It actually made me better because now I was only relying on me and my skills and my abilities. So I would say that person that wants to hold on to that, they got to do some inner work. All right, all right. And so, yo, we 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 kind of we want to we get in your business a little bit, right? And so, Mr. Ash Cash, um, what would you say is the most uh, extravagant thing you've done with money so far? Ooh. Um, yo, honestly, I'm not even really, uh, an extravagant dude like that. Like, I mean, I've drove, I've drove a lot of, I mean, I've had a lot of cars, um, Benzes and all that. Um, I live in a pretty decent, you know, house now. Um, but honestly, I would say that extra, and I wouldn't even call it extravagant, but, but just being, uh, just the ability, uh, to go anywhere, I, you know, I want with my family, you know what I'm saying? Like for my 40th birthday, um, you know, my family and I went to, went to Haiti, uh, so my parents are from Haiti, and so we wanted to see the motherland. We wanted to see, uh, you know, you know where the Haitian Revolution, right? Because Haiti's the first uh, free black republic, um, and so we wanted to see that. And so um, to be able to take my whole family out the country, um, all expenses paid, meaning myself, my wife, my daughter, my son, uh, my mother-in-law even went with us. Um, you know, that that's that's been a blessing. Um, and so, yeah, I would say most extravagant, uh, I, I would say is just really being able to, to travel and go wherever, you know, wherever we please. Now nah, I love that. Love that. All right. And so, um, on the flips, not even on the flip side, but what would you say is the most impactful thing that you've done with money? Sheesh. Um, man, impact for me is about blessing people that don't know that you've blessed them. Um, and so I've made a lot of money. I've made a lot of money. I've been blessed, you know, all praises due. Um, and I, I still do. Right. So I, I still, um, uh, you know, I, you know, I've, I've paid, you know, for, for, you know, I've donated to organizations anonymously. Uh, I keep, uh, let me not know y'all know where my car is, but I keep, you know, 
bills in my car. Uh, and, you know, I randomly, um, like if I see somebody who's asking for money, I might give, you know, give money. Uh, I've done like, you know, you know, PayPal's and, and cash apps. I've supported somebody's business uh, by buying a bunch of stuff, but not letting them know. Um, so I think the most impactful thing I've done with money is that is blessing people that don't know the blessing came from me. Um, and the reason why uh, is because I feel like blessings that are anonymous um, come from from God. Right. But it also um, allows people to believe in something, believe in goodness, believe like if if I if I bless you and I tell you I bless you. Um, you know, you might think that I want something. You might think that I want to thank you or the praise or whatever the case may be. Uh, but if I bless you and you, don't, you, there's nobody to thank, um, you know, that might be the inspiration for you to keep going. You might've, yo, I'm, you might've been just ready to give up, but now, you know, this, this, this blessing, this offering that I made to you, um, is, has now blessed your life. And so I, I would, I would say, um, that's the most impactful thing I've done with money. Uh, and then I'll continue to do with money. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say I would say that. All right, all right. And so and so and so fi finish finish this phrase for me. I am. I am greatness on display. You see what your shirt say? Greatness on display. G O D. Uh, I I I just I believe that I I you know I'm made in the image and likeness of the Most High, regardless of what you believe. God, Buddha, Allah, whatever you believe in, uh, all of the scriptures say. Right, that we are made in the image and likeness of God, uh, which makes us God as well, which is little G. Uh, so I am greatness on display, G O D. And then when it's all said and done, I will be. Uh, when it's all said and done, I will be uh, an Emmy Award uh, winning television host uh, that has affected uh, millions of lives. I've sold millions of copies of books, um, and and my presence on this earth. Uh, has made other people multimillionaires and has made other people comfortable uh, with living their best uh, financial life uh, and, and being the best they could possibly be. If anybody crosses your path, what is something that you want them to know? Man, uh, I want anybody... That's, a, oh, that's, a, that's good. Uh, anybody that crosses my path, uh, I want them to know uh, that no matter you know what their background is, no matter you know what their circumstance is, um, anything that you want out of life will be yours as long as you put your mind to it. Do not believe in limitations. Do not believe that anything uh, can stop you. You are your biggest asset and you are your biggest enemy. Use you the right way. All right, all right. So, 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 so we call this the lightning round. This is the part of the show where we take—I mean, because we're literally and figuratively inside the vault—and um, so we take banking terms and we flip them uh, and we make them, you know, for us here inside the vault. And so, the first term we're gonna use is deposit slip. And so, you know, a deposit slip—you walk into the bank, uh, you, you know, you fill out the deposit slip, you deposit the money inside the bank. But for us here inside the vault. Deposit slip is a money mistake, right? That you've made, uh, like your biggest deposit slip. You know what we say? Deposit slip, a money mistake. What would you say is the biggest deposit slip that you've made so far? Oh, ah, that's a good one. So the biggest money mistake that I've made, da da da. I, oh, I would say, um, I mean, I, I, I gave this advice earlier, but I actually made this mistake was buying my first home to live in. Um, my first home, um, that, that, you know, my wife and I bought, 
We lived in the house. It, you know, it, you know. It actually, we bought the house almost at the height of uh, the Great Recession, um, and so we were paying a lot. You know what I'm saying? It was a you know pretty pretty expensive house. Um, and then when I quit my job to become an entrepreneur, I thought I was going to make enough money because I was like famous and, you know, on radio and television and magazines and stuff, but I wasn't making enough money. Um, and so I had to, we actually almost lost the house. We almost uh, went to foreclosure. Uh, we had to put the house up as a short sale um, and I had to go back to work. I had to go back to work um, in order to keep the house. Uh, but then once I was able to, you know, you know, keep the house, uh, I, I, we started making different decisions and started buying properties. Um, and, and as we bought properties, we were like renting those out. Um, and so that kind of helped us. So I would say the biggest money mistake I've made was, was really buying a house, uh, to live in opposed to buying the house, uh, as a, as a income producing property and then allowing that income producing property to pay, you know, to pay for my, my housing expenses. All right, and so, all right, cool. And so, and so next one is charge-off, right? And so a charge-off, you borrow money from the bank. Uh, you don't pay the, the, the money back in a certain amount of time. The bank charges it off, right? Here inside the vault, um, what people or mindsets did you have to charge off during your journey? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, so for me, my charge-off would be anybody... Uh, who wants to live in doom and gloom, like, like, uh, any, so first of all, for me, that mindset of doom and gloom, that pessimistic mindset, because, you know, I believe, uh, I mean, Wayne Dyer says it's the best. If you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at will change. And so what that means is, um, at the end of the day, um, you can choose the experience that you want to have. Um, and so there, you know, I had to choose the mindset or the, the experience that I want to have. So I only look at the bright side. Even when, when there's something that can seem negative, I always try to uh, pull out the, the positive in it, the lesson in it. What can I do differently to move forward? Um, and so I also had to charge off those people. Uh, charge off the people who, regardless of how things are going, they always want to live in doom and gloom. They always want to, you know, act like, you know, things are the end of the world. Um, and so I had to charge that off because, you know, you get what you focus on. And, and, I, and I don't want to be around people who are only focusing on the negatives of life because life is good. All right, all right, all right. So last but not least, uh, trust account, right? And so tr a trust account is where you take all your assets, your most valuable assets, you put it in this trust account so you can keep building generation, you protect it, all that. Um, for us inside the vault, you know, our trust account are the people or mindsets that we have uh, that protect us on our journey, that help us grow and get to that next level. So who or what type of mindset would you say are in your trust account? Um, so I, right, so my, my trust account, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, first and foremost, all praise is due to the most high. Um, and so I, so I, I trust God first and foremost, right? I trust uh, that, you know, everything that happens in my life um, is divine. Everything that happens is pushing me into the right direction. Um, I mean, I, I gotta be my wife. Um, and so my, my wife and I, um, you know, have been together for 18 years, right? Yeah. We've been together 18 years. I've uh, been married for 14 years. Uh, my, she's, she's my, my best friend, uh, business partner, uh, love, no, sorry. she's everything, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, so, I, so I'm de def definitely, uh, you know, my, my, my wife is in my, my trust account, uh, fast out to my team, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, I'm the face of, 
uh, you know, the, the Ash Cash brand, but, you know, fast shout out to my partner, you know what I mean? King Richard, yo, this, yo, his name not even King Richard, yo. The dude is Don Vito. <laughs> you want people to call him King Richard. But fast shout out to my guy, King Richard. Fast shout out to everybody on the team um, that really just helped, um, you know, move the needle forward. Um, you know, it, it's, it's so many that, that, that I can name. My guy, you know, my guy Sinclair. You know, fast shout out to Nadira, who's always holding me down. Makeda, Jamal, Jackie. Um, you know, and, and, I mean, and, and my family. You know what I'm saying? My, my, my sister Roz. I feel like I'm winning a, a, a Grammy right now. You know what I mean? My, my sister Roz. Yo, fast shout out to my guy Greg. Yo, Taki. Yo, I see you. Uh, but not nah, for real. I think, I think everybody uh, that's in my life that, um, you know, just kind of help, you know, ju just help uh, make me better. Um, and I mean, honestly, like I said, everything's divine. Um, so a lot of people that I, that I run across that I'm, I'm connected to, um, I know it's a, it's a divine connection. And so I, I would say, you know, God, first and foremost, is, is, is in my trust account. And so, and so, and so, um, you know, especially growing up in the hood, right? There's tons of like money myths out there. Uh, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, take money to make money. Like there's all these different money myths. Dispel a money myth for me though, Right. As somebody who claims to be from St. Nick Projects, nah, I'm just But dispel a money myth for me. Somebody who grew up in the hood, and I know you heard all of them, but give me a money myth that you want to dispel that you were taught growing up, but you but you believe is not true. Um, I mean, I think I think the biggest money myth that I want to dispel um, is that the harder you work, the more money you'll make. That is the biggest lie. Uh, you know, people teach you uh, that it's working hard uh, that makes money. Uh, but it's really about working smart. Um, and so, you know, I mean, you think about it, right? Think about, think about the person you knew uh, that had a, that had a, a day job and a night job. They still broke. <laughs> they still, they still, uh, they still try to borrow. No, respectfully, respectfully. Let me not laugh, right? Respectfully. And so I think the biggest money myth is that you got to work hard for money. Uh, the truth is you got to work smart. Uh, you know, as you start to understand how money works, uh, like we said earlier, money is attracted to value. Um, and but once you understand that money is attracted to value, you could actually provide value without having to be the person that's actually creating the value. Right. So what, what, what do I mean? I mean that if I know uh, that, you know, money is attracted to this value and I know that I can provide the value. What if I found other people who knew how to provide that same value and I facilitated Right. Then providing that value, I play as a middleman, I make money. And so I think that um, I could duplicate myself if I facilitated other people providing value and created a business or only focus on the things that I have to do. Um, and so I think that, the, yeah, that's the biggest money myth is that you, we got to work hard for money. Um, but we but if we work smarter um, and we allow money to work for us, then, you know, what I mean, we, we, we would have all the money we ever needed. All right. So all right, so bet, bet, bet. I love that. Love that. Love that. Hey, so before you let the people know where they can find you, I know you got to have something special for the people. You wouldn't be you wouldn't even be here if you ain't had nothing special for us. So uh, you talk about, you know, building wealth with books, 15 streams of income. Uh, I know you have to have like some type of program. Uh, if, if, if somebody wanted to learn more about, you know, publishing a book, but even, you know, how to create multiple streams of income, you know, talk, talk to them a little bit about your program. Yeah. So I, I would, I would tell everybody, listen, I have a program that allows you to learn how to make, first of all, how to write your book 
in 30 days or less, but then also if you got your book done, how to create 15 streams of income from that book, um, just go to incomefrombooks.com uh, and all the information is there, incomefrombooks.com. Uh, I mean, you, you know, y'all my people, so I'm gonna take care of y'all, but go to incomefrombooks.com um, and really, uh, you know, my, my, this program will really teach you everything that you need to know uh, to be able to create multiple streams of income uh, from books, at least 15. So I know 15, it might be more, but I know 15 ways and, and, and we'll show you all in the program. All right, all right wait, 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 because we, cause, I mean, you gave us a lot of bars, um, but give me one more, give me one more. Give me another, right? We're going to do another teachable moment because I know, right, another teachable moment for us, right, is our ATM. ATM is where you put money in, you put your card in, you get the money back out. But for us is another teachable moment. I want another bar, another ash cash bar that you can lead the people with. Man, another, I, I, that's dope, man. I like, I like your style, man. Uh, another teachable moment for me is stop doing and just be, right? I think that a lot of times when people are thinking about changing their situation, they keep asking themselves, what can I do to change my situation? When the real question that they should be asking themselves is who should I be? Who should I become, right? Because a successful business person uh, operates in a certain way. A millionaire operates in a certain way. Somebody who has multiple streams of income operates in a certain way. It's not what should you do, it's who shall you become. And I think that when we start focusing on becoming, on just being, then that's what's going to allow our abundance to become our birthright and we're gonna live in it. So I'll give you a prime example, um, is that people are always telling me that I'm an inspiration or I'm, a, you know, I'm motivation to them. But I don't do inspiration, I don't do motivation, I am, right? I am inspiration, I am motivation, I am a financial educator. I am a money mindset coach. And what does that mean? That means that that's in my being. I don't turn it on and off. I don't, if I go to the supermarket right now, I'm going to be inspirational. I'm going to be motivation. My, my presence alone is that. Um, and so I, I would say that people need to stop doing so much. Like, oh, let me just do, 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 do. And a lot of times people are doing things that they don't even love to do. Right. And so, you know, and, and they're doing the things that they don't love to do uh, in the guise of trying to get to to something when at the end of the day they have everything that they need right now. It's better to just be who you are, love what you, you are being, love who you're being, and then everything is going to start being attracted to you. All right, yo, bro, yo, bro, you dropped a lot of big bars, and I know I know the people going to want to connect with you. And so for the people out there that want to connect, yo, where can they find you? I am ashcash.com. Um, and you can just follow me on all social media platforms at I am Ash Cash. So I am Ashcash.com at I am Ashcash. Um, hey, yo, can I flex a little bit? Yo, I'm Googleable too. You know what I'm saying? Do your Googles. Ash Cash, I'm 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 the top search. Ash Exantis, top search. Excluding nobody. Tap in. The greatest money mindset coach on the planet. Tap in and stop playing. All right, y'all, so that was another awesome episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash, the greatest money mindset show on the planet. Listen, if you didn't learn from this interview, I don't know which I don't know what you paying attention to. Rewind it. I need you to like this. I need you to share this with 10 people. I need you to subscribe to the podcast. I need you to review the podcast. I need you to do all that. But listen, this was a powerful episode. We are closing out the vault. 
I am Ash Cash. Thank y'all so much for tapping in, for tuning in. I'll see you next time in God's will. Same time, same place. All right. Peace. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You won't ask Cash. You can catch it right here in the ball. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.